It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Some of you might be new listeners to the show since week one is, well, a week away from today, Sunday, when we're recording. And if you are new, I just want to orient you a little bit to the podcast. This is a daily Bengals podcast hosted by myself and my co-host, Joe Goodberry, who also writes for The Athletic. You probably know Joe if you follow the Bengals on the internet at all. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or whatever podcast platform you use to get the show delivered to you on a daily basis. You can find us on Twitter, like Joe said in the open, at Jake underscore NFL, at Joe Goodberry. That's the best way to interact with us. Also, follow the Twitter account for the podcast, at Lockdown Bengals. The opening week of the NFL is brought to you by Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Promo code LOCKEDON gets you 20% at MacWeldon.com. Today, our lead story, of course, is the construction of the 53-man roster and the practice squad. After the lead story, we'll talk about it at a high level, bird's eye view, and then we'll get into the details going position by position, talking about some of the things that surprise us most. Now your Locked On Bengals lead story, I'm Jake Lisko along with Joe Goodberry. The Bengals have a 53-man roster and a almost full practice squad that they've announced. Joe, what were the most surprising cuts? From the very top, I think releasing veteran offensive lineman John Jerry, who struggled in preseason at tackle but was fine at guard, was the most surprising cut for me because it left the Bengals very thin on the offensive line, not only in depth but in experience. On the defensive side, releasing second-year linebacker, third-round pick out of last year last year's draft, Malik Jefferson, after only 11 snaps his rookie year. Yes, he had a poor showing in the preseason and in summer, but when they only ended up keeping four linebackers at the very end, it's surprising that they couldn't find room for a premium draft pick. And a lot of that is because they kept 11 players on the defensive line, including Andrew Brown, who we interviewed last week, and Josh Tupo. So they've got three nose tackles, a few three techs, a few guys that play multiple spots along the defensive line, and they cut two rookies. I think that's pretty surprising. This is not something that we saw from the Marvin Lewis managed teams. And when they did cut those rookies, and I'm talking about Jordan Brown and Deshaun Davis, cornerback and linebacker, they would end up on the practice squad. And neither of those guys showed up on the first draft of the Bengals practice squad. 
And I wouldn't say either of them played well. In fact, they were outplayed, and the Bengals obviously agree, by other undrafted rookies at the same position. Instead of keeping those two on the practice squad, they kept Noah Dawkins and Anthony Chesley at the same positions. Speaking of the corners that they kept on the practice squad, Devontae Harris was beat out for the last corner spot on the team by Tony McRae, who they kept presumably because he can play in the slot, and Darquez Denard is going to be out for at least six weeks. But McRae struggled in the preseason, especially in the last two games, especially against in-breaking routes, just getting beat immediately three yards off the line of scrimmage by slant moves. Yeah, the Bengals did their 53-man construction a little bit differently than past Marvin Lewis teams. I feel like they didn't keep depth just to keep depth if they were bad, and instead they would go heavy at other positions that they felt were stronger. They did the opposite. The only position I felt they kept somebody that was weaker talent but provided the depth they needed was that corner with Tony McRae over Devontae Harris and it's because like you said McRae can play special teams which is great for the bottom of the guys on the roster but also playing the slot and backing up B.W. Webb is big because they really don't have anybody else to do it. The last cut from the 53-man roster that was a little bit of a surprise to this podcast is that Cody Kaur was cut. He was later claimed on waivers as was linebacker Malik Jefferson who we mentioned earlier Jefferson was one of two linebackers claimed on waivers. So for those of you that expected the Bengals to find a linebacker on waivers, Malik Jefferson was one of the best ones available according to the entire league. Well, that's because he's 22 years old and tested like a freak athlete. Those guys will continue to get chances, just not in Cincinnati. Now let's talk about a few of the surprises that made the team. And I think this starts with keeping a third quarterback in Jake Dolagala. I think they thought he may have been in danger of being claimed if he was cut and not able to get onto the practice squad he played good enough he showed enough development and he showed enough raw talent that I made the same argument that he should make the team or he's a guy that has valuable skill set and you want to keep him from jumping ship to another team if possible so yes it's surprising to keep three players it may hurt them on game days when they can only activate 45 now because the rule is a third quarterback on the practice squad can allow you to activate 46. We mentioned John Jerry was cut, and in his stead, the eighth offensive lineman the Bengals kept was O'Shea Dugas, who I imagine they kept because he can play tackle, whereas John Jerry did not show very well at that position. But Dugas, who missed the fourth preseason game, had a fair amount of issues in pass protection against New York in week three. He did show promise in the first two weeks of the preseason, so there is a potential bet on the upside, but I thought he was destined for the practice squad. Yeah, same here. Both Jerry and Dugas didn't show well in their last outings for the Bengals at tackle. And I think that puts a little fear in not only the fan base, but I think the coaching staff is well aware of the issues and the lack of depth on this offensive line. And we'll keep an eye on the waiver wire in the next coming days. It would be surprising if the offensive line as is constructed now stays the same all season. There's a chance that Jonah Williams come back. He and Darquez Denard landed on the PUP and there were a few waiver moves that the Bengals did make today, adding Farrell Cooper, who was with Zach Taylor in Los Angeles, and Samaji Pirine, who comes from Washington. And Samaji Pirine played and split duties at Oklahoma with Joe Mixon, so there's familiarity with both players here in some way. To make room for those players, Hardy Nickerson, who had initially made the team, and Josh Malone were released. We were surprised to see at least Josh Malone make the team. He did not have a particularly strong preseason when compared especially with Cody Core, but even Bentel Bryant. Yeah, and the guys who did make it, Auden Tate now slides into maybe the number seven role of wide receivers, and maybe Cooper Farrell moves in as a return man 
as the the last active receiver on game days and possibly the punt return man. This has been your Cincinnati Bengals lead story from Jake Lisko and Joe Goodberry of Lockdown Bengals. It's time to celebrate. Football is finally back. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football, has huge week one contests. The first one starts this Thursday night when Chicago and Green Bay kick off the season in a single-game showdown with $2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs. Draft your single-game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's simple. You draft just six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using code LOCKEDON will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching a game quite like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. Get in on the season opener action. Download the DraftKings app now and use code LOCKEDON. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. And new users don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter my code locked on to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code locked on only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back with the Locked On Bengals podcast. Jake and Joe here. We're going to go on the offensive side of the ball now that the roster is, I don't want to say finalized. The 53-man roster is never finalized. This is the initial 53-man roster, I I guess, as of right now, going into Monday. A couple of spots may change on Monday as we start the uh, day one of the regular season, which is this is is day one podcast of the regular season now that I think about it. But... uh, Jake, let's start at quarterback, where they kept three guys. There was a surprise keep with Jake Dolagala. Good story, fun that they kept him. Uh, they could have used that maybe. He, maybe he's still on the bubble, right? Maybe they still end up cutting him for an offensive lineman or or linebacker. I think that's not out of the realm of possibility. But as of now, they're keeping three quarterbacks. What do you think about that? There are several teams around the league that kept one quarterback or have one quarterback available for week one right now. That's what I'm keeping in mind when I think about Jake Dolagala right now. I think I'm exploring a trade somewhere. If someone might want to bring him in as a backup before I'm thinking about releasing him. But the way the roster is constructed and every iteration of the 53 man that we projected, we never thought that they would have space to keep a third quarterback at the expense of some of the other position groups. And they have some, they have some other groups that are very crowded too. 11 defensive linemen. Four tight ends, including special teamer and H-back, I guess, Ethan Carter. Not that I expect that he'll be used as an H-back in this offense. But they had to go out and add Samaji Pirine because, well, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, because they (laughs) are down running backs. It's just all of this is made a little bit more challenging by keeping a third quarterback on the roster who, like Joe mentioned in the lead, 
would have been eligible to be your third quarterback if he had made it to the practice squad. Now, they must not have thought that he would be able to get there. And talking about all the teams that don't have a second quarterback in the league, maybe one of them would have picked him up. And the Bengals kind of kept four by placing Jeff Driscoll on injured reserve as the backup veteran the last couple years. Putting him on injured reserve with a hamstring injury is kind of what we predicted, Jake. You and I both did when we did our 53-man projection that you could place him there. And yeah, you could bring him back after week eight if one of these other guys falters or Andy Dalton gets hurt. But also he could be ready earlier than that and file for a um, a grievance in which he would be injured, waived, and settled halfway through the year if, uh, if the Bengals are happy with Ryan Finley and Jake Dolagala. Yeah, I thought it was a bit of a curious move that they didn't just release him as injured or waive, settle, injure, whatever the status is from the outset. But I guess if you can keep a guy around, there's no real reason not to. So let's look at running back where the Bengals kept three players and then signed, as we've mentioned, Samaji P. Ryan because Travion Williams isn't going to be ready to go. And Rodney Anderson, unfortunately, has retorn his ACL. Right. We speculated on that last time we were on the podcast. We didn't have the official results. So now we know that Anderson will again miss the entire year with the re-injuring of his ACL on his right knee. They cut Quentin Flowers, did not offer him a practice squad spot. He went and signed with the uh, Indianapolis Colts practice squad. So the Bengals keeping Jordan Ellis on that practice squad. That's a lot of practice squad. Anyways, uh, keeping the three that we expected and the Bengals made a move claiming Samaj P. Ryan from the Washington Redskins in an effort to probably make sure they have a third guy available if Trayvon Williams is not ready to go in week one. And I don't think he's expected to be. But let's move on to wide receiver where Damian Willis will be starting in week one, the college free agent from Troy. A.J. Green obviously out. They didn't put him on the IR, though, which is a good sign that he maybe won't be out for too long. But it sounds like it's multiple games, according to Zach Taylor. And the rest of the roster is what we expected, except Cody Corden make the team. And now instead, Farrell Cooper, who... No single person that follows football would have put on the Cincinnati roster was the waiver claim. Yeah, and and I think no one would put him on there because Alex Erickson and he are kind of redundant in terms of they are slot receivers when they play on offense. And Erickson, in my opinion, is a much better receiver. I mean, completely. Uh, Cooper's averaged like 7.6 yards per catch over his career, really hasn't played much on offense, has never scored a touchdown on offense. So if anything, he's a running back when he's out there. You just try to give him uh, screen passes and, and sweeps and things like that. More like, think of how Andrew Hawkins was used, except he doesn't have those elite physical traits. He's not that quick and fast. Having said that, he has some elusiveness to him, and that's why he's had success as a kick returner and punt returner. Erickson and, and uh, Cooper have about the same career kick return average, 25.1 for Cooper and 25 for Erickson. Uh, as punt returners, Cooper's a little bit better, and he scored a touchdown on, on both kick and punt returner where Erickson has not. Erickson has muffed a couple more punts than Cooper has in the regular season, but the last time we saw Cooper make the Pro Bowl, and he was an all-pro return man in 2017, he muffed two punts in a playoff game against the Falcons and had a horrendous experience that day. Uh, never got the chance to do it full-time again and dealt with injuries last year for the Cardinals and ultimately did not make their roster. I think when he comes to the Bengals, the familiarity with Zach Taylor helps out a lot. I don't see how he helps you on offense, but if he's your return man as maybe a punt returner, 
that's fine because Erickson's never been great there. But is that worth holding a roster spot? Would we argue that it's not worth holding Cody Core for his special teams value because he wasn't a good enough receiver? Is it worth it just to hold Cooper for punt returns? And I would argue no, especially when Cody Core just had his best preseason on offense he's ever had and started to show that maybe he can offer you some sort of reliability at wide receiver. And between all the guys, if they were going to keep a last receiver to keep seven, I just don't understand why they wouldn't keep Josh Malone and at least have upside in that spot. Instead, they have a guy, you know, exactly who Farrow Cooper is. And he's a bit redundant on the roster, like you said, with Erickson and Darius Phillips, who made the team, spoiler, available for punt returns. So yeah. it's it's a familiarity thing. It has to be. And yeah. I don't really agree with the move, but we've seen a few of these with this team. And he might not be on the roster long, but he is for now. The effect I don't like is that you're really taking – so they they went heavy at receiver, right, keeping seven. But you're really not wanting to use Farrell Cooper in that spot. You really don't want to use Eric, Alex Erickson on offense if you can avoid it. In, in a in a good game, in a, in a game where you've got your weapons, it's going to be Boyd. It's going to be Ross. It's going to be A.J. Green. Now, we know Green is out, but Erickson and Cooper are not replacing Green. That's Damian Willis, an undrafted rookie. Now that means behind Damian Willis – your outside receivers now. John Ross, Damian Willis here starters with Green out. Ross could get hurt at any moment. We all know this. Everyone would agree. You could end up out there with Damian Willis and Auden Tate very quickly in an offense that's going to throw the ball a lot. And I think we would all agree that we'd prefer to put premium talent around Andy Dalton, at quarterback, to get the best out of him, especially when you don't have a great offensive line right now. Let's put as much talent out there as possible it could very quickly be a seventh rounder and an undrafted free agent uh, at the outside receiver spots. And I don't think you're putting yourself in position to win with that receiving core. And that's why I wanted Josh Malone to be there, because at least he has some talent. At least he was drafted high enough. At least he had some deep speed that if he had to come in and enter the game as a, as a boundary receiver, you're OK. Now, if Farrell Cooper is active on game day in week one Sunday, which he may be because he probably knows this offense right away, that probably puts down Auden Tate on the inactive list and really leaves you thin at outside receiver. Well, and the other thing that I think you didn't mention is the nightmare scenario where Damian Willis turns into a pumpkin in the regular season. I don't think anybody expects that to happen, but he is an undrafted free agent. So it's not outside of the realm of possibility. And if that's the case, and since we're talking about a nightmare, just for a second, if he is not great and John Ross is hurt, then who's your wide receivers? You got nothing left. And hopefully it doesn't come to that. And hopefully Damian Willis is just as good as we've seen in the preseason and in practices. But that is why I think Joe and I are on the same page here with Farrell Cooper. Let's get to the offensive line. No John Jerry. Yes, O'Shea Dugas. No external offensive tackle help. Eight offensive linemen. That's big key there, that last point, is that they didn't bring anyone in. Couldn't find anyone to bring in. There were, I want to say, three tackles that were claimed and three others that were traded. So the good ones were snapped up pretty quickly. And obviously the Bengals didn't have interest in uh, the guys that were not claimed. So eight guys, and one of them being O'Shea Dugas. I don't feel great about it right now. If somebody goes down, if Cordy Glenn, who is still in the concussion protocol as we're speaking now, he may be cleared Monday, maybe maybe cleared this week to go. But that leaves you incredibly thin if Andre Smith has to start the game. It really leaves you with Billy Price as the backup because Alex Redman was on the is on the suspended list. It Billy Price is gonna have to play one of the interior positions and O'Shea Dugas could be on the field at tackle pretty quickly. 
Well, and if Cordy Glenn can't go, they don't have another backup interior guy. So if they need to get someone else in on the interior, well, now you're asking Andre Smith to move in and then O'Shea Dugas is suddenly your left tackle. Just like that. Yeah, it'd be very quickly. They're in... They're already close. They're already playing very close to, and I think this offensive line is pretty comparable to last year in terms of talent and situation, and I, and I think you can run a functional offense with it when, when everyone's healthy on the outside. Now everyone's not healthy right now, but when they are, I think you can, be, you can be okay. I would argue that they're much thinner this year than they were last year. It really feels that way, especially on the offensive line, which we all expected to be a rough spot, but... We certainly thought they would address to a pretty great degree this offseason, and instead, they go into the season with eight guys healthy on the offensive line, if you count Cordy Glenn coming off the concussion protocol, and that's going to be a risk. Speaking of risk, the Bengals have Tyler Eifert at tight end, even though he's healthy now. They felt they should keep four tight ends. I agree with that premise also. Seathan Carter being the fourth, they did keep both of the other guys on the practice squad, were able to bring them back if they went unclaimed. That's Jordan Franks and Mason Shrek. A lot of Bengals fans wanted the Bengals to keep Mason Shrek to feel safe. And speaking of safety, our returning sponsor is Abco Safety, a safety distributor located in Cincinnati. They've partnered with 3M to sponsor the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you or your company purchase safety equipment, give them a call because they promise to save you money on your safety budget. Joe, what are we looking at today over at www.abcosafety.com? I'm looking at my favorite safety glasses. They're called Acurist Clear AF Foam, and they, they're lined on the inside, so they kind of feel like goggles. They really protect you from anything getting in on the side or bottom. Got to keep those eyes safe. Abco will establish corporate pricing for you when you become their customer. Give them a shot to save you money and quote your safety equipment by giving them a call at 513-672-1818 and mentioning Lockdown Bengals. We'll be right back. Guys. Let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm... You've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, the, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. 
And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. And we're back with segment three of the Lockdown Bengals podcast, where we'll get to the defensive side. I don't think there's any special teams, so we can skip that. That pretty much laid out as uh, as expected. So jumping right into the defense, that was poor last year. Had some moments in the preseason, but overall, they didn't bring many players in to help this defense in terms of outside acquisitions. The draft was really Jermaine Pratt and Renell Wren now that they have cut Deshaun Davis and Jordan Brown and have not put them on the practice squad as of today. So... Where are we at with this defense? How do we feel? Let's start with the defensive line where they kept a whopping 11 players in probably their deepest and strongest position group on the team. And who is inactive on game day I know. with these 11 guys? The ones that are obviously active are Dunlap, Billings, Atkins, Hubbard, Glasgow, Lawson. Yeah, six. Is that six already? Who else? I Well, here's how I would do it then. If you're playing a passing team that's going to go heavy passing, I'd probably want an extra edge rusher or Andrew Brown to kick in inside, right? Yep. So I'd ha- want to get the, one of those guys active at the expense of not having – well, I know who is inactive, and that's Ronald Wren no matter what. But if you're going to go play against, like, the Ravens, the Seahawks were one of the heavy run teams last year. expect them to be again. I would probably have Tupau active as a fourth defensive tackle and keep down Brown and probably put down – Jordan Willis and Wren. So I, I knocked down those three guys at the very least and uh, try and function from there to see if I can get to 45. And then carry Wren. Right. I understand that. You're going to, you kept that many. You're going to go heavy on the D line on game days because you may want to go more multiple in that front seven. You're going to want those guys. I think having a fresh, healthy, deep D line, remember, Kerry Wren's going to play a lot of special teams. And with only four linebackers on the roster, I suppose there aren't very many other positions where they'll have to go heavy, so you might as well go heavy on defensive line and try to keep the strength of the defense fresh for the whole game, get a healthy rotation at all those positions so that when you need your first-team rushers, you can have them available and have them fresh, maybe late in the game when the offense is worn down. But that is a very, very dense position group, and Rennell Wren Andrew Brown might not see a lot of active game days same could be true for Jordan Willis. Yeah, when we constructed our roster on that podcast last week, we did 25 offense, 25 defense. The Bengals are currently 26 on offense, 24 on defense. And not just that. So they're already going light defense. Going 11 on the defensive line means four at linebacker, five corners, four safeties. We, we suspected at least 10 defensive backs. They went light there also. So they have to put these guys up. They may even have to use them a little bit more multiple ways. Maybe Carl Lawson stands up a little bit more often. But I also raise the questions. We're kind of bleeding now into linebacker. But I raise the same question. If you were a a four-down lineman, two-linebacker defense, like almost everybody is in the league right now. The league is a nickel defense. You could be out there 80% of any game in your nickel defense. How many linebackers do you actually need? You, I'd suspect you'd want two as depth. And then typically a, one other guy as a fallback option or special teams core type guy. That's what they're missing right now is that fifth guy. I don't know who you cut, though. When you look at the defensive side, do you cut anyone from the defensive line just because they're heavy there? Or do you say, 
or heavy on offense as a whole, that's where the cut comes from. Maybe they just hope that one of those ends with a little bit of speed can do the special teams job of the linebacker. Yeah, Jordan Willis has played a lot of special teams, so has Kerry Wynn. I even saw some practice clips over the past week once it seemed like they were getting pretty clear on who their defensive line was going to be or who was going to make the team. Andrew Brown was the up man. As Do you remember Marcus Hunt used to do this uh, on kick returns? And I remember the John Ross play where he, he when he finally practiced, his up man was Andrew Brown. So he made play special teams also. There you go. So let's talk about the linebackers. Only Jermaine Pratt as a backup. The starters, quote-unquote, Vigil, Brown, and when they are in three linebackers, Evans. Hopefully, Jermaine Pratt gets there, and he's able to take some of those first-team snaps later in the year. But judging from his preseason, he's not ready quite yet, but they weren't ready to let him go. There's just no depth here, and there's nobody out there that's really going to be better than any of the guys on the team. So if they do sign another linebacker, that's also just depth. You have to think anyone they're going to go signs because you'll get a lot of names thrown at you on Twitter. You go on there. What about this guy, this guy, this guy? Check and see how many special team snaps he's played because you can't be the fifth linebacker on the roster and not play special teams. You better be a starter and maybe a top two guy if that's the case. And you'll even see Preston Brown out there. So their linebackers are going to play special teams. And if they're going to bring a guy in, he's got to fill that role. So when you hear the name Brandon Marshall, who's played for Denver and was recently just released from the Oakland Raiders, I believe, he only played nine special team snaps over the last two years. He's not that guy. Now, they may bring him in and say, hey, you've done it when you're young and early in your career. We want you to do it again. But there's a reason I think he hasn't done it. He hasn't been very good, number one. Number two, he's dealt with injuries, and they don't want to put the extra load on him. So I don't think that makes sense. I think there are some players that do make sense, and we can get into that in another podcast um, if there's if they don't address the position tomorrow. And I'm sure you guys will ask on our, on our weekday or uh, our, our weekly mailbag question who's out there. But point being is the four linebackers they have right now, I expect one guy to still be added, and I expect it to be a special teams player if it is. Or trade. Maybe sure. they can find a guy via trade who can push Jordan Evans back into the special teams role. And I think this is why I was actually disappointed Malik Jefferson was released because he's 22. Because you're going very weak or, or thin at that position. So you didn't feel like he was good enough. I'm looking at this. I try to build, like, who's inactive on, on, on the roster, the eight players on, on week one. And maybe Malik Jefferson continues to be inactive. But he at least gives you some upside in terms of hopefully he can develop and be something. I thought if they were going to cut him, they'd keep Hardy Nickerson or Deshaun Davis because they'd like the special teams. They'd like the guy who maybe more is more mentally prepared but doesn't have the physical upside that – Malik Jefferson does. Instead, they didn't keep those guys either. So it brought me back to Jefferson today as he was quickly claimed by the Browns and made me think, did the Bengals make the right move to to bail on a guy that's only played less than 15 snaps as a rookie, a guy that needed time. That's why he went in the third round. A freak athlete doesn't go in the third round unless he needs time. So Jefferson did. He didn't get it last year under Marvin Lewis, and he didn't get it again under Zach Taylor. So two coaching staffs very quickly figured out he wasn't the guy. The players that might step into those roles on defense, if they do need an extra linebacker at some point, they don't like the guys that they have active or available. There's been some talk about Clayton Fedgelin playing some snaps of linebacker. And at safety, I think there are no surprises. Sean Williams, Jesse Bates, Clayton Fedgelin, Brandon Wilson, with Trayvon Henderson going to the practice squad. I like all those guys. This is who we suspected the whole time was going to make it, Jake. You and I, we were in uh, an agreement on this. And 
It's because I think Wilson can be used in different positions in different ways. He played some nickel corner in his in his past. I think that's one of the reasons they can go short at corner with with just five guys is because he can help out there. He's a good special teams player. Clayton Fedulum is a special teams ace for them. If they get him back and healthy, hopefully this week, it could free you up. He's made plays when he's been on defense. I think he could play some linebacker. I wholly believe Sean Williams can play a lot of linebacker. So if they really need it, they probably dip into that position before they dip into a, a Carl Lawson or Sam Hubbard playing an outside linebacker role. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's quickly hit the cornerback position group before we go. The only surprise for me is that Tony McRae made the team ahead of Devontae Harris, and it must be because they like Tony McRae in the slot where they don't have anybody besides B.W. Webb right now, but they're generally thin at this spot until Darquez Denard comes back. Tony McRae was just not very good in the slot in those last couple preseason games, and I thought he may have played his way off the team. Yeah, if they're an injury away from McCray getting on the field, you're in trouble on, in the defense. We saw it when he played last year. Uh, there's a reason he's bounced around a lot of teams, and I think it's because he really doesn't cover that well for being an athletic guy. The one thing is Darius Phillips did play the slot last year when he got a chance to play, so maybe they figure it out again, even though it's a new defensive scheme, new defensive coaches. Maybe they uh, you know, see that, hey, this would be a better option than McCray. But you can see, and I think everyone saw how well Phillips played this preseason now that he's back out in the boundary, which is definitely where he should be with his uh, his heights and ball skills. So I like Phillips out there, but still, right now, with, with Denard on the pup list, means we won't see him for eight weeks. Now, he, there was speculation he's pretty close and could be close, but they didn't have the roster spot open to keep him and keep him shelved for the next few weeks while he recovered and got ready. So it'll be eight weeks until we see him at the earliest. I hope it's not longer than that because I feel like the Bengals are really thin at that position. And it's a position I thought could turn into a strength if some of these draft picks from last year panned out. One did, one didn't, and Phillips did, and Devontae Harris did not. Small correction here. PUP is going to be a six-week return. But regardless, they're thin at corner, they're thin at linebacker, they're thin at offensive line for at least six weeks unless they make some more moves. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Tomorrow we'll be back with our weekly, we hope, Bengals interview and some more discussion around the roster, any moves that happen between now and then. And it's week one. Let's get ready for some football. Have a good one, Bengals fans. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.